What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Be That Bitch podcast with your HBIC. Allie, I am so excited to have y'all back here. Oh, who is she? Getting two podcasts in two weeks in a row. Um, I'm impressed. I hope you're impressed too. No, seriously, y'all, I'm trying really fucking hard to be uber consistent with podcasts. But you know how there's mood readers? Well, I'm a mood podcaster, right? Like I have to be in the mood to give you guys some fire shit because I don't want to be wasting anybody's time, right? So if I don't want to just fucking create a podcast for the sake of creating a podcast and add zero value to your life, So I only show up when I know I can add some sort of value, whether it be inspiration, I can teach you something, what the fuck ever, right? I just want to provide that kind of value. And, you know, I feel like I can provide a little inspo value and then also teach you resiliency with this one. So I'm really excited to jump into the topic. But first, let's talk about my books of the week because it's It's been a while. It's been a while since we've talked about them. So if you're new to the podcast, we talk a lot about inspiring personal growth and spicy novels. Those are my two passions. I am obsessed with fitness and spicy books. And so we make this a whole ass thing, right? We get our little fun, then we do our little inspo, and then I leave you panting for more, ready to go on and live your best life. So what are my top reads of the week? Okay, so Rewrite Our Story by Kat Singleton. I feel like I need an entire fucking moment for this book because I don't like second chance romance. Don't like it. I hate it. Honestly, I am such a cynical bitch where I'm like, you fucked up once. Like, there's no three strikes, you're out. Like, one strike, you're done. Bye, bitch. Like, bye. Fuck you. Right? That's the type of person I am. So that's why second chance romances, I'm like, why would you give this person a chance when they just fucking up, chuck, and dipped out of your life without it? Like, I just don't understand it. So it's usually not my favorite. But Kat Singleton wrote one of my all-time favorite books, Black Ties and White Laws. Uh, try to say that five times fast, fast, right? Black Ties, White I can't even say it one time fast. Um, and it's it was like a billionaire romance. Oh my God, it was amazing. He was like low-key obsessed with her. If you have not read that book, please fucking read it. And then DM me every single chance you get with every thought you have about that book so I can live vicariously through you. But anyways, she told me, I told her, I was like, you know, I don't really care. I'm not really that big of a fan of second chance romance. Like, it's just not my thing. Um, and she's like, just give it a chance, Allie. Like, I want to turn you into a second chance believer. And if y'all don't know a lot about romance books, second chance romance is like, it's their second chance of romance. I mean, it's pretty fucking self-explanatory. But anyways, I was like, all right, fine. So she sent me the advanced readers copy and I devoured it. I literally found myself fucking sobbing at 2% of the book, 2%. I messaged her after the prologue and I was like, who fucking hurts you? Like who hurt you to start a book like this? Like that's disrespectful. I am over here sobbing. Um, and it probably, cause it hit close to home for me. It deals a lot with grief of losing a parent. And if y'all have listened to any of my past episodes, y'all know that I lost my mama when I was 18 years old. So I lost a parent fairly young and Marigold also lost her mama super young. So it hit pretty close to home for me. And I was just sobbing. I was, I was sobbing. Um, and Kay Jennings, like if you like a blue collar boy and cowboy boots and a backwards hat, cowboy, geez, you were going to love him. I personally thought younger Cade 
was even better than older Cade. That was just uh, my opinion. But either way, younger Cade and older Cade had a filthy mouth and just, he loved, he loved Marigold so hard. So I recommend that book like infinity out of 10 stars, about a three out of five on the spicy scale. Um, and when I tell you like, this is an angsty slow burn book, like the spice does not really hit until like 50% of the book, but I'm telling you nothing pisses me off more than a slow burn book. When the spice finally hits, you get like five minutes of it or like two pages of it. I'm like, I did not just read 50% of a fucking book for only five minutes of spice. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're canceled. Um, she gives you not one chapter, <laughs> not two chapters, but three chapters of spice gives you a little, a little break. Then you jump right back in with three more chapters of it. Can we get a hello? Like, please. And thank you. Holy fucking shit. Amazing. Also, if you're new to this podcast, every single time that I um, drop an F-bomb or any kind of cuss word, because clearly I do that a lot, you're supposed to drink water. Um, Because our motto here at the Be That Bitch podcast is a hydrated bitch is a happy bitch. And nobody likes a dehydrated bitch. Like, nobody wants a dehydrated bitch. So drink up. Okay, so that is my number one read of the month so far. Um, And it just released... I think like Tuesday. The second one is Head Above Water. I'm just going to tell you, this book took me four days to read and it's not because it was a bad book. And you're like, oh my God, four days, that's not that long. Um, That's long for me. I read books like crazy fast, but I had to take so many breaks with this book because the entire book is like super heavy and emotional. Like there's no no cleanser in there, like any lightheartedness. It's all heavy. It's all emotional. It's all dealing with grief. Um, I cried multiple times during this one too. And that's crazy because I have like a black soul when it comes to romance books, y'all. Kid you fucking not. Um, but I cried so much. It is an MM book and it is stepbrother. So it's a little taboo. Um, but it deals with them losing their parents. So again, 10 out of 10, three out of five spots. So those are two like super heavy, emotional, angsty ones. If you're like, fuck you, Allie, I don't feel like crying. Uh, then you need to go with runaway love. Y'all, when I tell you this small town romance, single dad, nanny trope, absolutely obsessed. And I think I liked it the most because it didn't follow the same premise of every single dad nanny trope it literally was so different because most of the book was them trying to like like hide like like against their feelings right like not not giving in and then they finally did give in and it was a while into the book so it was really good uh two out of five spots nine out of ten stars it was so good two of the cutest little twins i was obsessed okay so That is all for my book recap. Y'all, if you like romance books or you want to get into romance books or maybe you're like, I want to see what all the hop is about. We have a bad bitch book club and you can join it. It's linked in the show notes. It's either three, it's $3 or $5 just depending on what you want to like like what part you want to be in. But I recommend the $5 one because you get to be a part of our, um, monthly book chats and this month we're doing two so we have the author of rewrite our story Kat Singleton she's going to be on there at the end of this month so on the 30th so if you join now when this comes out 
you can join us for that. We always have an author, most likely. We also have a chat thread where we talk all the time about books. It's so much fucking fun. We talk all things smutty and book related. It's just, it's the best. It's the, it's the best, but I am biased. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the inspiration. Before we get into the inspiration, y'all, can I tell you what my husband built me? Y'all, I literally was, I was speechless. And I fucking love to talk. Like, I am never speechless. So for Mother's Day, he built me. He di- I didn't, I asked for a bookshelf. But like, I was like, you can get me Ikea. Like, I don't really fucking care. I just want a bookshelf, y'all. Tell me why, tell me why they built me a custom, a custom bookshelf for my office that matches my desk. Um, Excuse me. Excuse me. I guess you really do love me. Like I'm obsessed. It's it's perfection. If you guys want to see it, go over to at Ali Griffith on Instagram. I posted a photo of it because it, ne- it needed its entire entire permanent moment in my feed because it's perfection. I literally was I was so floored. I was just like, oh my gosh, you must love me. So I'm gonna have to give you all the unlimited back scratches in the entire world. So, anyways, I hope you all had an amazing Mother's Day. I know Mother's Day can be hard for some. It's it's always a bittersweet day for me because I, you know, I lost my mom, so I don't get to celebrate her here on earth, but my little girls, they help me so much with getting through it. And so if you're in a season of waiting or grieving or celebrating. My heart is with you the entire way. So, anywho, let's go ahead and get to the meat and taters of the podcast episode. Alrighty, y'all. So, over the weekend, I ran my second 10K. So, I think I talked a little bit about it on a previous podcast episode. But I've been doing a lot of short distance training lately since my marathon. um, Because I've been wanting to get faster. I've been wanting to better my like personal records on the 5k and the 10k. And so I've done two 10k's going after a personal record. And so my current PR is 104. And I achieved that in November. I was so fucking proud of it, y'all. I was literally living my like I I can't even voice how proud of it I was. And so I've been training a lot. It's been what November, December, January, February, March, April. It's been 6 months since I ran that 10k. And so I've been really really working hard on achieving a personal record with it. And so a couple weeks ago, I ran my first 10K since that one. And I was going after the personal record. And y'all, when I tell you that was some of the hardest running I had done in a, such a long time, um, I just, I don't know what happened. And I ended up getting a 109, right? So that's clearly nowhere near getting a personal record. So that's what, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's five minutes slower. And that's a lot for a 10K. Like that's a minute, a mile slower. So I was really, really frustrated, right? And I feel like this is such a like statement in resiliency and a statement in like you never give up, right? So my, and this is really kind of the topic around what I really want to talk to you guys about and how I kind of bounce back after quote unquote failing, right? After not hitting my goal, because it can be really fucking defeating, right? Maybe not the first time you don't hit it, but definitely the second, the third or whatever the case may be. So anyways, I didn't hit my goal. And my thing is I will allow myself 24 hours, right? I will allow myself 24 hours to sit in those feelings and be a bitter bitch 
throw my little tantrums, throw my little pity parties, think poor me, fuck you, like whatever. Like I literally will allow myself 24 hours to sit in those feelings. But then I force myself to get up and go do something, go do something that will help change my state and the situation, right? Something that will help get me closer to where I eventually want to be. And so after that first failure, right? After the first time I didn't hit my goal, I was five minutes slower. You know, I cried, I took my tantrum, whatever. The next day I went out and I ran, I think it was like three and a half miles or four miles or something like that. And I just ran for the the sake of running just to get myself out there and get moving. Because something that I find whenever I go out and I don't hit a goal, whether it be, you know, a running goal or you're a weight loss goal, or, you know, maybe it's, you're a, a fucking CrossFitter and you didn't hit a a max goal. I don't really know what CrossFitters do. I'm trying to give different examples, right? But you go out and you don't hit that goal. You allow yourself that 24 hours, but the next day you need to go out and do something that's going to help you get a little closer to that goal. So that was me. I went out and went running. And so I decided, all right, Allie, we're done sulking. We're done being a better bitch. We're going to go out. We're going to get a run. I went and did a run and I signed up for another 10K. I was like, this is going to be my chance for redemption. I'm going to really like focus really like take in all of everything and just focus. And so for the last couple weeks, that's what I did, right? I focused really hard on my track work, my speed work, focused really hard on my heart rate training. And so that's something that I've been doing a lot lately of as we, my coach and me, we switched up my training. So instead of doing a miles-based training where you're going, your goal is to achieve a certain amount of miles, my goal now is to achieve a certain amount of time on feet. Because y'all remember, it's about time on feet, not miles, miles like ran. Like it just, it's about time on feet. So that's what I've been focusing on to make sure I keep my heart rate super low, super just, you know, low and slow, right? Crock pot that motherfucker, especially on my easy runs, because I'm super guilty of running easier runs super hard. Um, so anyways, I'm getting too technical with runs, but anyways, so that's what I've been doing the last couple of days. And so Saturday I went out and ran my second attempt to get a personal record, um, and the 10K. And this one was over in North Georgia, like Buford area. It was the Supermom 10K. It was pretty comparable to the one that I ran in November, right? So it was pretty comparable, about the same altitude, same same elevation. Um, It was a loop. The one I did in November was a loop also. And so I was feeling really freaking good about it. I was feeling solid in my training, felt solid in my nutrition. I had my ritual of steak and baked potatoes. Y'all literally that's like every time before I do a race, it's like a ritual. I have to have steak and potatoes. Chris, my husband, he was very upset. He wanted something else, but I said, no, I have to have this. He said, if you don't PR this time, we're not doing this shit no more. We're going to try something else because clearly steak and baked potatoes ain't working. Um, and spoiler alert, I guess we're having something else. So anyways, went out and, you know, towed the line, was really excited. I was like, I'm not focusing on my heart rate at all because that's something that I really focus on is heart rate. And then I get like panicked because I see how high my heart rate will go. Like y'all, like let me just preface this. My heart rate averaged during that 10K, uh, 192. That That was the average. 
what? How did my heart rate not literally fall out of my fucking chest? Um, so I didn't focus on my heart rate at all. Didn't look at it at all. I was just focusing on hitting my paces. So I went out super conservatively at a 10 30 to a 10 40. And my goal was to do that the first three miles, the first 5k. And then on the second loop around, really put the pedal to the metal and get that PR. And so the first couple miles, I was doing good. I was hitting my paces. I was crushing it. And then on the way back, there was a heavy incline. And I started seeing like spots. Like my vision started like, it was bad. I was starting seeing spots. I started getting numbness in my fingers and my toes. And I knew I was like, my heart rate is way too fucking high right now. I need to slow it down. I need to bring, bring this heart rate down. And so my goal was to run the entire thing, but I did end up having to walk. I think it was like five seconds or six seconds that I ended up walking to bring my heart rate down, but it slowed that entire mile to about an 11 and a half pace. And so I ended up crossing the finish line at one hour and six minutes. And so I missed it by two minutes. And I'm, and that's a lot for a 10K. And I'm not gonna lie, when I crossed that finish line, no part of me was excited. No part of me was happy. No part of me felt successful. I felt like a complete failure. And it's kind of crazy, right? When you know a past you would have been so fucking just so excited, so excited about that run, so excited about how fast they were, they would have literally not believed it. I mean, the alley that started running, if you listen to the last podcast episode, right? The alley that started running 18 minute miles, like that's where I started. And I averaged a 1039 mile on this 10K and I wasn't happy. I was beating myself up. Literally right after I finished running it, I texted my running coach and I said, fuck this, I'm never running again. Like this is it, I'm fucking done. Like literally that's what I texted them. And then I went into my running accountability group with some of my clients and I told them, I was like, fuck this, I'm not running anymore. I hope y'all have fun in Missouri because I'm not running. Like I was so... I was so upset, y'all. I, I I was being a bitter bitch. I was being a really, really bitter bitch. And I was in a very emotional state. And something that we all will do when we're in a super emotional state is we will find ourselves so just stuck. It's like a quicksand, right? You get this very emotional feelings. And emotions are heavy. They weigh a lot. They're really hard to carry sometimes. And so it's like the more you sit in that emotional state, the more you think emotionally instead of logically. Logically, it's kind of like quicksand and you fucking just kind of get your feet in it and these emotions and you're trying to trudge through them and get through them, but you can't get out because they just feel so fucking heavy and they're weighing you down and they're keeping you down. And that's how I felt in that moment. Um, as I was sitting there waiting on awards to be called and all that stuff, like I couldn't be excited about where I finished in the race. I couldn't be excited about anything because these emotions of not missing my goal once, but now missing my goal two times 
in a span of two and a half, three weeks, I was feeling like a complete failure. I was feeling like a fraud. I was feeling like I was never going to make any headway, you know, and it can get really fucking frustrating, especially when you are working your ass off. Like I run four to five days a week. I do my track workouts. I am a, I am the best client somebody could ever have because I want my clients to do what I tell them. So I do what my coach tells them, right? Like I don't miss workouts. I show up, I give my 110%, you know, like I deal with all of this shit. And so to go out and now then perform twice, not to my liking, like I was feeling like I was never going to eventually do this. And so when I was feeling like that, and this is kind of where I want you to get your notebook out and start taking notes, right? So when I feel like that and I'm in a very emotional state, what does it, what happens when you're in a super emotional state, right? When you're in a super emotional state, it usually leads to self-sabotage. What happens if you're feeling defeated? You usually, you know, start canceling workouts or not doing whatever, you know? What happens when you're feeling super like let down by yourself? Maybe you go emotionally eat or you emotionally drink or whatever the case may be. And so in that moment, I knew that I could either sit in these emotions or start thinking logically. And so while I was sitting there for awards, right, I get my phone out, right? And this is what I do every single time. I feel like my emotions are running away from me and I'm feeling really fucking defeated and like I'm going to cry and all of these things. And so I get my phone out. I have a fucking folder in my notes section called running shit. Literally kid you not, it's called running shit. And so this is where I will go and put my logic list. And what a logic list is, is you go in there and you write logically, right? You you don't put any emotions in this. So none of this is I feel or whatever. Everything on this list is stuff that can be measured, is literally something that can be measured, is a fact. It could be fact checked. It is not a feeling. It is a fact. And so I went in there and I compared my personal record. So my 104 in November to this last one, the 106 one um, last weekend. And I created a list and compare them so I can start thinking logically instead of super emotionally. And so I'll kind of read some of them to you so you can get an idea. And you can do this with anything. If it's a run or if it's a missed weight loss goal or if it's a, you know, like missed lifting goal or whatever the case may be. And I can even give you some examples if it's like a missed weight loss goal. Even though you guys know I hate when we do weight loss goals, but... I know some of you guys are stubborn bitches and you don't fucking listen to me. So I'll use that as an example. Um, anyways, okay, so my I had five kind of points. So my first one was it was 30 degrees warmer, 30 degrees warmer today versus PR day. And if you guys aren't familiar with running, right, if you're not familiar with running, the weather has everything to do with how you perform. Like if it's warmer, it's going to take a lot more effort to run faster versus if it's cooler because our body is already heated up and stuff like that. And when you run, you have to add like 10 to 12 degrees anyways. And that is like what your real feel is. That's what it really feels like to you while you're running. I am a sweaty bitch. I have overactive sweat glands. I am a perspiring motherfucker. And so I always joke, I'm like, so the normal person has to add 10 to 12 degrees. I have to add like 20 to 30 because I... 
I was literally sweating walking from my car. Anyways, that's the first one. Second was it was 30% humidity on PR day. And for Georgia, that's like super low versus it was 91% humidity the entire time of the 10K. That is a big difference. And so where the weather, right, it was 39 degrees on PR day and it was 70 degrees on race day, like this weekend. So you have to think it was the regular temperature was 70. Then we had 90% humidity. It was a hot, it was a fucking oven. It was an oven out there. And that all has to do with, you know, how you perform. Uh, Number three is I walked eight seconds this time, which I am so fucking proud of because y'all, I am a big intervaler. I will walk run, I'll walk fucking hills. I'll psych myself out. It's, it's just what I do. I have literally, I think I've done one run and it was my half marathon in Athens. I think in like October that I ran pretty much the entire way through everything else I've walked ran. And so I was really, really proud that I only walked eight seconds. And that was enough. That was just to get my heart rate when I was blacking out versus a minute and 24 on PR day. So what that shows me is I am learning consistency. I'm learning how to consistently run an effort, not try to push myself too much where I have to walk more, which I feel like is really, really important. Um, The number four was there was 100 feet less elevation on this one versus PR day. So I couldn't use the excuse. Well, this one was more hilly because it wasn't. It was it was 100 feet less of elevation. Um, And then number five was I ran three minutes and 15 seconds faster this week than I did two weeks ago. And so what that shows me is that what I'm doing is working. It's just going to take more time. Um, and so I, I hope that kind of gives you an idea of how you can kind of take yourself out of these emotional states and take yourself into a logic state. So then I start rereading this anytime I feel emotional and I avoid self-sabotage there. And it really worked for me, like even to the point where right after this run, I went to a friend's Cinco de Mayo party. I didn't feel the need to like eat all the chips and guac, all the chips and queso, like numb out. I didn't feel the need to drink any of the alcohol. Like I didn't want to numb out. I didn't want to cope with those things. I was like, let me just read my logic list and let me fight through this feeling and just know that I'm allowed to sit in these feelings for 24 hours. But I also need to allow myself to not just get stuck in this emotional state. I need to think in a logical state. So let's use an example of if you're not a runner, right? So maybe you missed your weight loss goal. So maybe one of your logical thing was, well, I missed my weight loss goal, but my period just ended, right? We all know our menstrual cycle can really mess up our weight loss goals. Maybe another logic thing was, well, I did lift really heavy the last two days. Maybe my body is retaining water. Maybe my body is, you know, when your muscles are sore, it gets kind of inflamed and your weight can go up. Like there's so many different factors. That could be a second one. Third one is, well, I didn't, I haven't been drinking a lot of water. So that's probably where it is. I might be retaining more salt or whatever the case may be. I'm not hydrating enough, right? So you see how you can really take yourself out of this emotional state of, well, fuck it. I'm really never going to lose this weight. I'm never going to fucking be happy. I'm never going 
going to be able to hit this goal, whatever, yada, 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 throw myself a pity party, right? You can take yourself out of this fucking pity party and put yourself into a logic party, which then you can say, okay, yeah, there is a couple things like I did have a couple too many treat meals and that's probably why, right? You put yourself into this logic thing, which then starts giving you the issue so you can create solutions, right? You can see, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And there's outside factors that's hindering my ability to achieve this goal. Like for me, it was the humidity and the weather. Like my coach, he has this calculator where he could put in, like if it was a perfect weather day, like on PR day, um, I would have ran a 102 and some change. So I would have 100% PR'd. But because of the weather, that is pretty much why I did not do that. And so I was able to show like this was not a me problem. It wasn't a training issue. It was something outside of my control. Am I saying that I could not hit a personal record with this weather? No, absolutely not. It's 100% possible. But for me in that day, it just wasn't it wasn't possible for me. So maybe for you, yes, it's 100% possible for you to lose weight. But maybe right now, you or this week, you had things outside of your control, whether it be your menstrual cycle or your, you know, lifting and how your body's retaining water, whatever the case may be, right? Or maybe you do have things inside of your control and now you know what to work with, right? Um, I need to up my water. I need to lower my processed food. I ate too much gluten and I know I have a gluten intolerance, like whatever, right? It gives you places to start because when we're thinking super emotionally, it doesn't really give us anything to work with. It doesn't give us anything to really move towards because everything's emotional. Everything is, you know, just like, I feel this, I feel that, I feel this. You can't work like on feeling goals. Like it just doesn't fucking work. You have to have actual steps to take to start working towards those goals and feelings aren't really steps. So anyways, I wanted to really just kind of show you and give you that tool because a logic list completely changed the game for me, especially somebody who was a ex emotional eater and emotional drinker. And I would sit in those feelings for so long. And then I would find myself going into a downward spiral because it's really easy to do, especially when you miss a goal to then get frustrated and wait to sign up for another one or, you know, go weeks without running because you're still frustrated. And so those are the two things that really help me get unstuck and unfrustrated is my logic list and allowing myself 24 hours to feel the feelings and then I've got to get my ass up the next day and do something that is going to help get me closer to that goal. Because y'all, let's be fucking real. Let's just be real for a second. And Tough Love Alley is about to come out. Why the fuck do we all think like quitting is the answer? Like, I didn't hit my goal this time. I didn't hit my goal this time. I'm going to quit. Well, quitting's not going to allow you to hit that goal. It's going to be the quickest way to the opposite direction, right? Like, I didn't hit this goal, so it must not be possible, so I must quit. No, 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 no. If that goal was important enough to you to go after it, it should be important enough to you to not quit it. So am I ever going to quit this goal? Absolutely not. In that moment, I told my coach I was never going to fucking run again, but... Right now, no, I'm going to run again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to do all these things again because it's important to me to finally achieve that. And quitting is never going to allow me to achieve that. So that is kind of my rant on that. I don't have another 10K signed up right now because there's none recent. But I am going after a 5K because if you listen to the last episode, I'm doing um, a program with the 
the company that I'm partnered with called 30 Day Breakaway. And it's the exact same program I quit on my clients in 2020 when I believed I could never be a runner. And it's meant to get you from couch to 5K in 30 days. And so me and three girls are doing this program together and I'll be doing a 5K in June to celebrate finishing this program. So I'll be going after a 5K personal record. And the girls that I'm actually doing this program with are the exact same girls that I quit on. So I'm really excited to officially complete this program, officially complete it with them because I didn't the first time. And then I'm going to have them come on the podcast and we're going to talk all about it. So make sure you keep an eye out on that. It'll be in the next few weeks, but I hope this helped. I hope it gives you some more tools to add to your tool belt so you can start making logical decisions versus emotional decisions. If this episode did help you, please do me a solid and go leave it a five star and a sweet little review. It really does help the podcast grow and I love to read them. They put so many smiles on my face and then share it on your Instagram stories and tag me and let me know your biggest takeaway and maybe tag a couple friends that you think this episode could help. It really does help the podcast grow and I am always love chatting with you guys in the DM. So anyways, I'm going to leave you like I leave you every week that we have a podcast (laughs) in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.